Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello, we're back. Uh, Jocelyn, I I gave you a bit of a heads up at the start of the show, or or pre-show, rather, that I would have some sort of surprise. It's 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 a clip. It's about a minute long. It's in preparation for a fantastic piece of media that... I wasn't super excited about, but I think I'm a little more excited, and I, I feel like we will end up okay. talking about it over the next couple weeks. This is weeks. my cautious, this better not be fucking Sonic voice. I, I would <laughs> never do the same joke twice, okay? This yes, is a completely <laughs> different thing. So listen All to right. this, and uh, and, and we'll, we'll see you all on the other side. On me. We're all we have now. It's just us. Stand still and die! For a guy named Knuckles, you are really bad at punching. It's not the exact same joke. <laughs> For fuck's sake. So, anyways, if you didn't catch that, At Halo. First, is it Halo? Yeah, that was that was Halo. I cut. I, I wanted to cut it uh, just after the the chanting um, monks part because they they wait to the very end of the trailer. But uh, yeah, they they launched the, the final trailer for Halo. It starts next week. And I wasn't super excited about it. Then I saw this trailer and I'm like, you know what? This actually does not look like as bad as it it probably could be. Like a lot of the Halo media that's come out sort of outside of the game has been sort of just, I guess, serviceable, like just like standard sci-fi. But I feel like this one kind of, we, I think, did we talk about this last week about TV shows and, and budgets and stuff? And I, and I feel like this one kind of goes a little bit further, goes a little bit of that extra mile to be more than just like, an adaptation uh similar to the first sonic film so oh my god <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i and i someone someone tweeted me and said like oh you're gonna have to clip this so it's technically their their fault that i that i did this no 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 no. Yeah. you do not blame sonic drops like you <laughs> rickrolled me with sonic <laughs> i know but it was worth it you don't it. blame that on anyone else ryan you own that that's the last one <laughs> I promise. <laughs> it is not. It is, guys, it's not going to be the last one. You know it's not going to. Anytime <laughs> now Ryan says he's got a clip of something, I'm just going to be like, it's Sonic. That's it. I don't even want to hear it. We're not playing it. No, I can't hear yeah. it. No. <laughs> True. So you could just mute it and I, and I can yeah. tell you exactly how long it'll be. And uh, it's like, all right, I'm going to step away. What is this? Two minutes? Okay, perfect. Um, <laughs> you know, it's one of those things where uh, this will likely be the last drop because the, these are the two final trailers that were released. So I felt like it was a good time to to do something about it. But yeah. <laughs> uh, that's why we delayed the show a day. So, you know, just so I could prep that one minute clip. So you're welcome, everybody at home. Uh, that's not true. We That's not true at all. But, you know, 
Um, yeah, I'm gonna watch yeah, Halo. Can, I'll watch Halo. Blame Blizzard for the delay. Actually, yeah. <laughs> I saw that they made that big announcement on Twitter with the graphic yeah. and everything, and then they changed it last minute. That's oh, odd. God, honestly, I don't know. I I feel like they normally have a staff of say like five thousand people, and there's literally ten people running around in the Blizzard studios right now, like chickens with their heads cut off because. They can't hire the people who like can't backfill the people who have quit over there. And there's just this like skeleton staff left and they don't know what they're doing and they're trying so hard, but it's just not working because honestly, like what a mess. Like, first of all, they made a big deal about the fact that Hearthstone was like part of the Warcraft announcement. And it was going to be like a month of Warcraft, starting with the announcement of the next standard year for Hearthstone. Bah, 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 bah. And then it was like, and then we'll have the arena finals, which nobody cares about, but we needed something to fill in our month. <laughs> da, da, da. And then the next expansion for Warcraft is coming a month after the Hearthstone announcement. Aren't you excited? And everyone was like, no. <laughs> like, what are you doing, Warcraft? <laughs> so yeah i don't know it was a weird announcement to begin with and then the hearthstone account tweeted out like can't wait till april 19th and it's like that's not your announcement your announcement's in march <laughs> like <laughs> just like facepalm after facepalm you probably literally just heard me facepalm my face because like oh my god it's it's so bad and then and then so after making this whole big like thing between them and Warcraft, then they came out on Monday and were like, actually, guys, it's not going to be ready on Tuesday. We're going to announce it on Thursday. Okay, thanks. Bye. <laughs> I was just like, oh, my God. Yeah. A two-day <sighs> delay so, seems like... Uh, it just seems like, why? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It could be language prep, like maybe something to do with just making sure they have uh, everything translated and prepared on their webs because they left to launch new websites. I mean, and it's true, like localization takes a lot of time. That's often what we hear about, like, why we get patch notes so close to when patches drop and stuff. But I'm just like, oh, my God, are you really that far behind that you don't have all the localization done for your marketing materials for your next expansion? Like, we're already late in terms of a next expansion announcement. Normally, the Hearthstone standard year flips over in the last week of March or the first week of April. I think April 8th is the latest we've ever had it like flip over so it's like you've only got three weeks left you haven't announced the name of the next expansion you haven't announced any of the changes to any of the cards you haven't announced what the new cards are going to be for the next expansion and you've only got three weeks left guys like what are you doing over there so anyways i feel like that was a whole big tangent uh like a rant about blizzard and their crazy organization right now which seems to not be very organized at all all to say that yes we did delay by one day and that allowed ryan to rickroll me <laughs> i mean also i played video games so we could talk about them so you know there's that that took a little bit longer than than you know watching the halo and sonic trailer a couple times but <laughs> well yeah and i and i am really excited to hear about guardians of the galaxy because i know that like it's it got kind of meh reviews <laughs> off the get-go so i want to know what your thoughts are yeah. It just came to Game Pass, right? So that's why that's why you're playing it this week. Yeah, so it's a game that I've owned since uh, they had a Black Friday sale here in Canada, and I, and I think in the States as well, where it was like half price, um, less than a month after it came out. Uh, and, and yeah, when it launched, um, it, it was getting mixed to favorable reviews. 
Uh, but I think it was really impacted by the fact that uh, Square Enix had just released um, uh, Avengers just a year ago. And I think yeah. I keep getting Guardians of the Galaxy confused with Avengers because I thought you had played Guardians of the Galaxy and said it was bad. But I think maybe it was Avengers that I had in my head that you had played. Yeah. So Avengers is Crystal Dynamics published by Square Enix. Guardians of the Galaxy is Idos Montreal, which is also published by Square Enix. Now I'm saying it out loud and now I'm like, I'm not sure, but I, I believe Idos Montreal and Crystal Dynamics are two of the Western studios that uh, Square Enix has under their umbrella. So um, it it was it was it was reviewed okay to well, like it it wasn't it's it wasn't received poorly. <laughs> that's always what you want as a game developer. Yeah, no. I mean, yeah, we revealed okay. You know, to well, we might give ourselves a well, but but we're at least okay. <laughs> I honestly don't rem- like. I feel like that's when I think back. That's how it was reviewed. But honestly, like I don't really pay too much attention to reviews unless it breaks through and that becomes part of the narrative of like. So with Elden Rings, like oh my god, it's a ten out of ten game, right? Yeah, it's either there. Oh my god, it's tens, or this highly anticipated game is like a two. <laughs> You don't hear very much about the in-betweens. Exactly. And I think Guardians of the Galaxy was one of those in-betweens where it reviewed well, but it wasn't something that was causing, you know, the the video game. A stir. Exactly. So that all aside, like a game that is based on a Marvel property. I like the Marvel stuff. Don't read the comics, but I enjoy the movies and the TV shows and such. Uh, and the video games. Like uh, Spider-Man is one of my favorite Marvel games that I've ever played from Insomniac. And I think that's where every other Marvel game really suffers in that it is not, you know, Insomniac Spider-Man, uh, especially Avengers. Like, I feel like they did themselves a final nail in their coffin by adding Spider-Man to that game after a year of waiting. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, this is not Spider-Man. This is just this is just another character in Avengers that has spider-man's powers and it feels very different from what we've all become accustomed to and i think that guardians of the galaxy being released a year after avengers it kind of avengers has left a a, a poor taste in a lot of people's mouths because it's like oh great so it's another one of those games but it is very different from avengers and that is not a multiplayer game even though you are presented with five characters right off the bat you've got your your classic Guardians MCU characters. You've got, you know, Star-Lord, Gamora, uh, Drax, Groot, and uh, Rocket. So they're all on the team. It's established that they've been pretty much working together for, I'd I'd say, about a year. So they're a year into being a team. They've got their ship. They've got rapport. They, they work okay together if i said they worked well together you'd be like that's not the guardians of the galaxy because that's their thing they're always bickering right yeah they they very specifically do not work well together (laughs) no but they get they 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 are sort of united by just getting the job done and getting paid for it and that's why they stick together and and i think that where the game does really well is that Absolutely. When you see these games, the, your first reaction is is whatever you're closest to. So for a lot of folks, that is the MCU. That is, you know, Chris Pratt as Star Lord. That is, uh, um, uh, Dave Bautista as Drax, and so on. And again, like I think what this game does well is that it 
it pushes the MCU out of the way and says, no, we're, we're focused more on the comics. Like, we're going to take more of our pull from the comics. So, of course, there's going to be similarities between this Guardians of the Galaxy game and the MCU. But I think, like, there's only the similarities in terms of the, the character types. So, Star-Lord is a big talker, bit of a bumbler, like, he's... He's silly, like all those little character quips from the movies that's pulled directly from the comics are also present in the game. But where it does itself uh, a great service is that its story is based in its own sort of universe based on the comics. So you are not going into this being like, okay, we know like the first movies about Yondu and the Ravagers and Thanos and in this Thanos is already dead. They've already had the big war between, mm. you know, Thanos and the alien. I don't know what aliens that he worked with, <laughs> but, uh, you know, <laughs> I think it was the Chitari, maybe. I think those are the aliens from the first Avengers. I don't remember. I, don't I think either. so, but maybe. maybe. I don't know. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that's already done. Like, you know, Thanos is dead. Gamora is Thanos's adopted daughter, but like this is past all of that so we've moved forward from they kind of do themselves a service saying like look we know thanos we know the guardians it's a big deal in the mcu everyone has like that idea of what that is let's just skip past that let's still play in this world of nova Corps and uh the guardians and you know basically the cosmos the cosmic universe of of marvel and focus on the stuff that hasn't been touched uh, very much by the two Guardians films and the Avengers films, essentially. So they do themselves a really good service by kind of skipping to something that is disconnected from that. So what you're doing in this game is you're experiencing these characters and they've already they already know each other. They have already got like experience with each other and they're telling a story that is past the point of like that intro to the Guardians, which would very much overlap with what's happened in the MCU with with Thanos and Gamora and Nebula and all that. They make reference to it. There are definitely a lot of like nods to what happened with Thanos, you know, Mad Mad King Titan, you know, he's dead, Drax has killed him. Like they they just kind of make references to it, but that's in the past. And I and I get the sense that the story they're telling isn't like, nah, but for reals, Thanos isn't dead and he's the bad guy. Like <laughs> he's gone. You know? So I, I really appreciate that about the game. And it is a it is an action adventure game like it's it's very linear um unlike avengers which was still linear but had like more of that destiny feel where you're moving from mission to mission in guardians it's kind of closer to uh maybe like uncharted would probably be the closest thing okay where you were kind of loading into a mission you've got like a level to complete Exactly. You have that level to to finish up and, and that story to experience. And, you know, there are in-between mission stuff where you're on the ship and you're talking to your crew and stuff, but you control Star-Lord actively throughout the game. But while in combat, you can do special moves. You can ask your uh, your fellow guardians to do special moves and, and those are on a cooldown and such. And, and that can make the combat a little more exciting as opposed to you just running around shooting people. You're actually just you're actually queuing up moves and saying, okay, Gamora, go stab that dude. And Drax, go lift that heavy thing and, and throw it at that guy. And It sounds a little Mass Effect-y, like yeah. controlling your squad. Exactly. It's very uh, much like, I think, Mass Effect, where you are 
you know, having to give orders to your companions. Now they are fighting while you're fighting if you're not giving yes, yeah. orders. So there is an AI component to it there. But I felt like, you know, and, and as you progress, you're unlocking new abilities, you're unlocking new perks for your for your guardians as well as yourself. And but that's essentially the combat is you're you're kind of maneuvering around the screen. You've got your jump boots, your your jetpack boots, and you're kinda of, you can hover for a little bit, you can do some dodges. But for the most part, you are just holding down your your shoot button, and then your your guns are on a cooldown. And then as the the cooldown increases and and you your guns overheat, I basically unlocked an ability where like as the guns are you know cooling down, like venting heat, you can hit a but like an active button, you know like active reload or whatever. You can time it right, and then that will like cause all the the heat to dissipate in one fell swoop and like do like a power move or whatever. So there that is basically your combat is you're just running around, you're shooting them, and then you're you're using your characters to either do their special moves or interact with the environment to, like, say, for Gamora, she can, you know, cut a line and have, like, a crate fall on a bunch of enemies. Or, like I said, Drax could pick up an explosive barrel, which, I guess, in space, they still... They st- they're sophisticated enough to go to space, but they're not sophisticated enough to, to not have red barrels hanging around everywhere. So that's still a problem in space. You're asking too much, Ryan. I Way know. too much. <laughs> that's probably why. That's probably, they probably docked a point. Still has red barrels in space. Not accurate. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, in terms of the story, like, again, like I said, it's not something that we've experienced in the MCU before. These are characters we're familiar with. And I'm sure if you've read all the comics, like, this is, this is not going to be... This is probably riffing on something you've already read or experienced, but... As someone who hasn't read the comics but has only watched the movies, it's new to you. That's fair. Exactly. Yeah, and I and I really uh, I really appreciate that, and and I think they're exploring characters that have gotten slight references in in the movies, like uh, uh, Cosmos. The 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 dog is in there. The uh, the psychic dog, uh, the psychic space Russian dog. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's like in one scene, I think, in Guardians 1. Okay, I'm like, I don't remember, but... <laughs> he doesn't even have any lines. He's just he's just a dog in a, in a Russian spacesuit, right? But he's a <laughs> uh, he's a character that, that features heavily uh, in the comics. And, and he is... I just, I just got to him in the game. And I think I'm like... I think I'm like chapter six or so. But... Uh, yeah, it's it's a really fun game. It is on Game Pass, so again, at this stage, like it's even though it has been on sale quite a bit, and and I had picked it up on sale, uh, it's now on Game Pass. So anyone can pretty much, if you have an Xbox or a PC, you can you can check this one out just by subscribing. And I thought it was a good time to revisit it. I've I've been kind of chipping away at it over the last gosh, I guess six months, <laughs> so very slowly uh, playing it. But it, but once I've gotten back into it, it's been a lot of fun, and it does remind me a lot of. Uh, uncharted with like more uh there's more there's more companion sort of to companions to the combat like like you said mm-hmm. with mass effect so i've really appreciated um um i've re- really appreciated that and, and i think that uh the story's been really good and the acting's all really good like again that's where you kind of come into that sort of uh it's not the mcu folks but you know i think the the mcu guardians are really good I think like the only one for me that you miss is is probably Drax, right? Because Dave Bautista's delivery is just so spot on. It's so good, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the guy they got to—I don't know who any of the voice actors are—but the the guy they got to do Drax in the video game, I think, is is a good 
is a good video game Drax. Like, it's not him trying to do Dave Bautista. It's him doing Drax. So it doesn't feel like he's trying to, like, emulate the movies. He's he's emulating the, the he's voicing the character. And I think he does a really good job. That's good. I think sometimes because uh, it was a similar sort of problem with or potential problem with the Pirates of the Caribbean stuff that they didn't see of Thieves is because like they already had such iconic actors doing a lot of those characters. So they you run the risk of, you know, if you can't impersonate them perfectly, then you almost get like uncanny valley with a voice, <laughs> if mm-hmm. that's even a thing. Um, and, and yeah, it's sometimes really off-putting. It's almost better if they do kind of a 180 and take it some totally different direction as opposed to try to impersonate a voice that everyone's already in like intimately familiar with. So it sounds like they've made a, a good choice and they're just trying to do the best voice for the character as opposed to trying to emulate something. I hope you're listening, Chris Pratt, when you try to do Mario. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You know, uh, people were really upset that there wasn't a, a Mario movie trailer for Mario Day. And I think, like, I'm fine to wait for that trailer. I'm I feel fine. Yeah. <laughs> I kind launches. of don't want to see it. I just want to forget that it's happening. <laughs> yeah. I think the internet is either going to be blown away by, like, oh, wow, this isn't that bad. Or it's just going to be, it's not going to land well. And I, I think it's going to well, be yeah, that Yeah, maybe extreme. that's what they're doing is they're just trying to get expectations so low that when it actually does come out, we're all like, oh, well, that wasn't a hot pile of steaming shit. So I guess it'll be okay. <laughs> I mean, like, until we hear it. It just seems like stunt casting. Yeah. So that's in the back of my mind. I'm like, well, it could be good. I'm not going to get my hopes up, but it could be good. And this is just it's a coincidence that they hired Chris Pratt. He came in. He auditioned with a bunch of other folks. And it's just like, you know what? It's going to appear like stunt casting, but he's our Mario. And people will know when they hear the trailer. That's probably not the case. I don't think it's stunt yeah. casting, but you're so optimistic, right? I don't know if so I am. Optimistic. That's probably the closest I could be to not being optimistic. Is just like we'll wait and see, and we'll we'll see how it goes. But in terms of Guardians of the Galaxy, I, I feel like you're you're absolutely right. Like they they design these characters based on the comics, which of course the movie characters are based on the comics as well. But like the look and feel of these characters, the design is not basically a video game version of the MCU. It's a video game version of the comics. So it's different enough where you're fine seeing or or hearing a different voice. It's not like the Avengers where I feel like they went for the, I think a lot of people have described it in many different ways, but I feel like the Avengers, the Marvel Avengers video game went with sort of like the like MCU adjacent, like just one, one step removed, but they're very super close to the MCU versions to the point where Mm. when they put the costumes from the MCU on the characters in Marvel Avengers, it's like, Oh, that is, they, they nailed it. That's Captain America from winter soldier. That's Iron Man. Well, Iron Man's a a tough one because it is just a dude in a suit, but like uh, in guardians, it, it feels different. It feels like they've, they've gone for the comic route. So that again, when you hear someone, a different voice coming it's not a big deal so it it didn't Mm -hmm. bother me there either and i think that's where a lot of the things stacked up against this game you know being you know related to the avengers video game that came out it's nowhere it's nothing like that in the sense that it is its own thing it's not a multiplayer game there's no loot boxes there aren't these repeatable missions it is a linear experience Wait, there's no loot boxes 10 out of 10 (laughs) yeah there you go so there are no loot boxes there is like I think cosmetic outfits that you get for pre-orders and stuff, but like 
you can take a doc uh, a point off for that but i feel like it's it is just one of those very rare single player games that come around where we're just not sure what to do with it you know it doesn't have loot boxes it doesn't have dlc it's a complete single player ex- linear experience and it's a lot of fun that's good. I'm glad that it's a lot of fun because I know, again, I had Guardians of the Galaxy smooshed together with Avengers in my head, mm-hmm. and that's not a great smooshing for Guardians of the Galaxy. So, uh, yeah, maybe I will since it's on Game Pass now. Maybe I'll I'll check it out and and give some thoughts next week. Um, we're I don't Ryan. So okay, the next game we're going to talk about obviously, uh, and mark it in the timestamps because what? there there are going to be there are going to be some spoilers. So I want to to just tell everyone now that we're going to do some spoilers on Forbidden West. I'm not going to spoil anything for Ryan, but I do kind of want to talk about some of the stuff that he's experienced. So, yeah, so there's going to be some spoilers for Forbidden West here. And I think that we're we're kind of nearing the end of how much we're going to talk about Forbidden West because I finished it now. That was my big thing this last week is I finally I have finished Forbidden West, not 100 percented, but finished the main story, hit level 50, finished. Nice. Yeah. So I'm uh, I'm kind of like I, I'm excited about Ghostwire Tokyo that comes out on the 25th, but I, I don't really know what I'm going to fit in and in, into the into the interim. So I think maybe I'll t- I'll check out Guardians of the Galaxy. But uh, yeah, I do want to talk to you about Forbidden West because there have been some pretty big kind of reveals since the last time we talked. And I know we're going to do a full on spoiler cast eventually, but I also know that you're not even like halfway through yet. So I feel like the spoiler cast is probably a month or two away still. And I need to get some things off my chest, Ryan. <laughs> I've been holding on to some of these spoilers for like a literal month now. So yeah, I just, I want to have a, a, spoilers allowed discussion sure. up until the point where you are so note in the show notes note for anyone listening to the sound of my voice we are going to be spoiling like the first or at least having a discussion that will revolve around the first half of horizon forbidden west so if you don't want to hear it you've been warned yeah. it's in the <laughs> notes i am sick of biting my tongue <laughs> yeah and i i clearly have not been texting you enough with the oh my god this happened because it's just i've, I've been i've been busy with with uh, with the game but also just busy with everything else going on and um i feel like with horizon forbidden west i'm hitting that point in the game where i don't want to do the side quests we should say where you are. Yeah, so okay. we are. Uh, so when you establish your base, mm-hmm. you're sent out by Gaia to get three of her sub functions, which are Demeter, Aether, and Poseidon. And you've got two of the three now. So you just finished Poseidon. I did. Yeah, I finished okay. Poseidon. And uh, so I just got the underwater gear, which again is in the trailers. It's one of those things where it's like, this is going to, I wonder how this is going to come in because like, I still think I haven't hit that area which i'm assuming is the third uh sub function that i'm gonna get is that area that's in the trailers of like sort of the coast um i did like sort of the northern area and then i did the poseidon which was the desert and i'm, I'm guessing the coast is the next one for um it's not it's not oh okay so we're not even <laughs> great it's such a big big world and i mean this this comes back to like where i struggle with this game is like so the main the main stuff is really interesting because it progresses the story it's not too difficult the giant 
you know, uh, uh, machines you're fighting aren't super, you know, in your face, but like some of the side quests are like, actually most of the side quests I've, I've been doing, I, uh, you do them and it's like, oh, you need to go investigate this thing, see what's going on. And of course it's a giant machine that's causing the issue. And mm-hmm. one in particular was, uh, a tunnel had caved in and they're yep. like, I need you to go look at this tunnel. And I'm like, oh, let me guess. There's a giant machine that caved it in. You don't know what <laughs> giant machine it was. Exactly. So you're going to come help? No. It's like, great. So I, I, as one person, <laughs> will take my 30 bows that I have that I've been collecting over the first 30 hours of the game because you just can never have enough bows. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> You know, Ryan, I am I'm going to start taking your sarcasm seriously. There's a lot of <laughs> weapons in this personally. game. There are a lot of weapons in this game. <laughs> and it took me a while to realize there were three different types of bows that like mm. the um the sharpshooter bow is different than a hunter bow is different than a I don't even know what the other one is, but it's like it looks very compact. It's meant for a like warrior, close up shots. War- the warrior bows, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. Warrior, war- I, said, I meant to say warrior, but I think I said Wario bow. But uh, <laughs> it kind of looks, yeah. It's it's not a Wario bow. It's a warrior bow. Um, here's the thing: the game may have a lot of weapons, and I may be joking that every time I go to a new area, it's like here's two no- two more weapons you can buy. Um, the game doesn't punish you for a carrying all those weapons and b swapping them out mid combat. So again, like mm-hmm. I give it to the game. And oh yeah. Like, you yeah. can just go into your inventory and be like, huh, I don't seem to be wearing the right outfit for this combat. <laughs> I'm going to change my clothes right now yeah. <laughs> while this machine is in mid charge and mid air. And I'm just going to get changed. Sorry. Exactly. <laughs> I was prepared for ice. Your fire. Clearly I'm wearing the wrong outfit. <laughs> Yeah. And, and, you know, other, I don't know if Monster Hunter punishes you or doesn't let you change your stuff in combat. Like I know Monster Hunter is all about the prep and there are games like that where it's all about the prep and for Horizon, it's just like, nah, just carry it all, swap it out whenever you want. So I appreciate that because that's something that I just don't have time for. I think that you really have to in Horizon because I do find that the machines hit really hard. Mm -hmm. So I think if they like made the machines hit as hard as, as they do and also made gear switching really punishing or or shut it off in combat completely, you'd lose some of the fun. Yeah. Well, you'd have to restart the encounter, basically. Yeah, and, you'd and have to restart all the time. Yeah, and that, that's just not fun. No. <laughs> or, well, I guess, sorry, I should I should say I don't find that fun when the thing that held me back is, like, putting the wrong shirt on. <laughs> Like, I don't mind doing an encounter over and over again when I feel like I'm learning something. But if it's just like, oh, damn it, I put the wrong gear on. This sucks. Now I just have to die so I can get changed and then go back in. Then, yeah, that that to me is not a fun gameplay loop. So, yeah, I'll say that. Yeah, Yeah, it's one of those things where um, it wouldn't make much sense. You might as well just let us do it in combat because if we're to die, it's like, well, then how did Aloy know to to switch to her fire Mm. uh, uh, outfit or fire gear yeah <laughs> yeah so um yeah it was a it was a, a monster from the first game and it was uh it was the walrus the rock breaker yeah just utter utter nonsense it was it was it was a tough fight and i think that's where i i, I was kind of hitting a wall where i was like okay I, I think these side quests are great but like this one should have been a red flag when it's like no nah, man you go fix it. it there was a cave in a mysterious cave in it's like well it's clearly a giant machine that i'm gonna have to fight so there's there was some struggle there for me in that like I think some of those fights while interesting it's like I'm terrible at preparing this is a Ryan problem 
I just don't <laughs> have the patience to take these monsters on properly. Um, especially if this is like the third or fourth side quest where it's like, I don't know what happened. It's, okay, I'll go fight the giant monster. And it's not always like that. There was a great side quest where you were um, helping the Taru. It was like a side uh, uh, side settlement. And they don't build weapons, but they have one dude there who, who knows how to do the, I think, make these weapons and you're mm-hmm. trying to defend them from the rebels and i thought yes that yeah. was a really interesting uh side quest it was a, it was it was really well designed and it had climbing and it had combat it had machines it had it had the rebels and that was, was the good. one where you had to go um you had to go find a group of machines but then the machines like were processing like dirt basically so they would like dig it up and then put it into pods on their back and they were like energy cells or something yeah. and those pods would kind of like pop off and then they would just explode after a certain amount of seconds if they were left in the water and so you had to like sneak around behind these when i did it very difficult to kill machines um, and just and it was like a stealth quest and you had to pick up those pods before they disintegrated or exploded or whatever, but without having the machines realize you were there. And then you had bring had to bring like five or six of them back down so that this guy could finish making the weapons before the rebels attacked. And it was really cool because it wasn't just like like basically combat made you fail because if you killed the machines you couldn't get any more pods yeah so uh it, i thought yeah i remember that side quest it was really good there were i thought quite a few good side quests but you're right a lot of them are like they try to make it i think it's believable in the world in that like they wouldn't have necessarily known what kind of machines they are like they are not aloy they don't you know have a lot of experience and they don't have contact with far away settlements and everything else. So you can kind of like suspend your disbelief a little bit there. But from your perspective as Aloy as the player, you're just like, oh my God, another one. Because there are (laughs) like, usually the side quests will lead you to a different type. It's not the same big machine over and over again, but there are quite a lot of side quests that are like, take you off into an area and you have to fight one of and i think there's about 10 or 12 like really big challenging end boss kind of machines and more often than not those those side quests will take you to one <laughs> yeah and and you're absolutely right they fit within the game they like it all checks out lore wise and um it, it's not a problem there i think it was just it's more of like but yeah a, especially if you're mainlining side quests in, in a play session then mm-hmm. they can get repetitive for sure yeah um but you know that aside like i think the the main campaign um has been very good all those quests so like i i since we last spoke um i returned so i stopped doing side quests i returned the priceless <laughs> sub function that was just hanging off my hip in a glass jar i could jar. not believe that yeah you just had like <laughs> hanging off your hip like <laughs> yeah because you're like right after this show don't go watch peacemaker go to bed too late wake up the next day and be super cranky and then play horizon go do that now so I didn't do that. I actually did what I said I did. But yeah. <laughs> then the next day I went and played it and I realized, oh, shit. And I was sitting there like with my phone, <laughs> just watching it, waiting for it to light up with Ryan and the big revelation he got from turning in the sub function. No, I hit a pretty critical moment in Peacemaker, though. I could have texted you about that, but um, <laughs> it would have been un- very unrelated to Horizon. But I think that, uh, yeah, so you return... Uh, your first sub function be or second, I guess in this case being um, Demeter, and uh, it 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 
I, from what I recall, like it, it, it leads you right into, so I didn't, I didn't know this was going to happen, but it leads you right into like a, Hey, we're going to port you into a, a, your next mission. Um, yes, you're not yeah. going to go to it. You're just going to say, I'm ready. And you're going to leave. And this leads you to a moment where you get a lot more information about the Varze- the far Zenith, uh, characters. Um, you recruit essentially that beta clone that you saw earlier mm-hmm. And you find out the big drop is basically that the Farzinas that went there um, are the same people who left Earth. It's still the same people. Yeah, which was like, because I know that was my first impression too, that either like these these people, when I fought them the first time in the proving lab, it felt like those people were either like had settled somewhere else on earth and were and did have access to apollo or something because they seemed to be like where i would assume present day humans would be if they had lived instead of gotten set back with no apollo database mm-hmm. so i was like maybe this has something to do with pharaoh or you know like maybe he made a backup and you know some people have come from far away or whatever um, and then, yeah, when they revealed that they're actually the far Zenith people and that they did have Apollo, I was like, oh, man, this is crazy. And then they're like, and not only that, but they're also the same people. They're over a thousand years old. I was like, oh, my God, they're aliens, but they're also Earthlings. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, my brain got caught up on how these folks could have lived hundreds, if not almost a thousand years. And, and I think like. Definitely when they left Earth for the 300-year journey. The the game will explain that. Okay. I can't remember if you find out through beta or later on, but yeah, they do have an explanation for that. Yeah, and, and this is something that you and I were texting about, and that I'm kind of like, okay, like I don't know how they're going to explain it. However, I feel like I got to give the game the benefit of the doubt, because for the most part, they have reasons for all the things that happen. They don't tend to leave strings hanging. Like mm-hmm. if you have a question, the devs have had that question and made sure that they've written an answer in. They don't kind of shrug off very much in the universe, which I think is why I enjoy it so much. Yeah. Well, the only thing they shrugged off in the first game that I recall was like, where'd the mysterious signal come from? And and that is a, a key part of two, like right off the bat. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't think there are any mistakes in their storytelling and that they don't they don't hand wave it away like there is a bit of hand waving in the moment when you find out it's like wow they've lived hundreds of years and there's been advancements in third pharmaceuticals and genetic blah blah it's like okay so <laughs> hand waving but again like you know it's the future maybe they they crack the code on the way like the 300 year journey i don't know this it sounds like we'll find out a little bit more about it but like you know you recruit this beta clone she's been and and you also find out that the that the farzinas are uh essentially trying to wipe the planet clean so they're they're Mm -hmm. trying to reboot gaia in this moment you find this out they're trying to reboot gaia so they can wipe the planet clean so you can assume they'll build it in their image um farzinath the the people i think it's the planet's called sirius like yeah or I can't remember if it was the planet or the Sirius system or whatever. But anyways, yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah. So they uh, their plan- they lived there for 200 years and there was a catastrophic event that, that caused them to leave. So, you know, their their planet's been ruined. So the idea is like we're, we're assuming. So Gaia and Aloy are like, well, we're assuming they've, they've come here and they want to wipe 
all life off the planet to rebuild it in their image using their Gaia. And they have the three sub functions that we couldn't find, which are um, the the animal one, the 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 human one, the, the cloning hum- one. Yeah, yeah. The, the human one, and then Apollo. So you and find Apollo, out yeah. that they have a copy of Apollo, which is great because for basically the last twenty hours plus the last game, we've known that Apollo had been wiped out by Ted Farrow. So it's nice to know that there's a copy out there. Someone was backing up to the clouds, so we're good. Um, <laughs> so. That's a good thing. And and then I and I kind of wonder like okay, like these Farzinus folks are like very aggressive, very angry towards like all the people uh, on earth like and that's something I, I want to see explained because again, like they do have all this technology. We don't at this stage know the scale of their invasion like as far as we can as far as I could tell like there's four dudes in these bubble shields um mm-hmm. which is effective, but like still it seems like you know, does not make a, a strong presence on, yeah. on a whole planet. So, and they have these drones, these advanced drones as well that, that, but again, that Aloy takes out, we took out two or three of them, uh, but at this stage, um, and like, that's sort of rad. I did get Poseidon. I really enjoyed the fact that you have these interactions and you learn more about the Farzinus, but then you're also able, the game has enough of, you know, breath in the story where you can pause on that and go and find Poseidon. It's a completely separate adventure where you're learning more about what happened to Las Vegas and how mm-hmm. it was like abandoned during the the hot crisis and then was rejuvenated by it was this retaken, one dude. yeah. And it was a really good, interesting story. And they they do like tie it back in by like, oh, that one dude was also part of Far- Farzenith. Um but it sounds like he like and then that brings the question of like, man, this guy seems really good. Like why why like what happened essentially? Like why exactly. are they all dicks now? <laughs> so. <laughs> well yeah, and I think that, that was um that was something that I found really interesting because the Vegas reveal to me was super freaking cool. Because I, again, stayed really far away from a lot of the kind of media and marketing stuff around the game. So I didn't really know anything about anything. So I wasn't really that jazzed to go get Poseidon because it was in the middle of the desert. And I was like, oh, man, this is going to be so boring. Like, I really don't care. It's just a bunch of sand. This is going to be lame. And then when you actually go down into the ruins of Vegas and it's all flooded and Poseidon's taken over... Like that was one of the, I thought, prettiest areas. And there's some pretty gorgeous areas in Forbidden West. There's a there's a lot of detail put into the different environments and the scenery and stuff. But I loved going into underwater Vegas with Poseidon to ta- had taken over and all of the like lights and everything were projecting like underwater like seaweed and stuff. And like, oh my God, it was so pretty. Like I really enjoyed being in underwater Vegas. And I really liked um, even the movement in the water because that's something that, you you know, whenever you hear that there's going to be an underwater zone or an underwater level, you're like, "Mm, do you really want to do that? (laughs) But I kind of liked it because like it it was easy enough to move around that it still felt like you were swimming. It was very much like a stealth challenge. You couldn't fight underwater, which I thought was a good choice. Um, and then, yeah, so you just kind of like had to had to swim and hide and swim and hide and solve some puzzles and figure out your way around and figure out how to drain Las Vegas. And yeah, I it was one of my favorite parts, I think, of the game. 
Yeah, I I agree with you. Like, I think that going underwater, exploring Las Vegas, uh, solving that little area, and how it resolved too in a very you know Vegas way, where you have these three oh, yeah. you know, uh, showman Osram basically saying like Vegas, baby, you know, and uh, yeah, <laughs> talking about like all the ways of what they could do if they could attract a whole bunch of people, and you're just like, yeah, that's Vegas. That's yeah. literally Vegas. You're remaking Vegas. <laughs> yeah. Wait, no one will remember. It's fine because everyone forgot about Vegas. So like it, they won't accuse you of rebooting it. But so question, mm-hmm. um, have you been back yet? No, I haven't. I, okay. I, I took the glass container I... back. So, okay. One thing that I really liked is when you go back to Vegas. So I don't know. Have you been doing the ancient runes yet? Uh, and you like them. clear them out. And then there's always those like balls with like different symbols kind of floating up from them and they play music and stuff. Yeah, I've got a few of them. I, I think I found a cup. Okay. So. Yeah, so if you if you take those, those ornaments from clearing the ancient ruins, if you take them back to Vegas, you can actually change the skyline. Because oh. they, they're like those, they're like light globes and they like plug them in and then you can change like, and they're all events. So there's like a Halloween one and Easter one and a Christmas one and new years and all that kind of stuff so it's really cool it's a, it's one of the coolest collectibles i think <laughs> huh. all right we'll I'll have to check that out no i haven't been back yet i returned poseidon and i think that's where it ended because it didn't it didn't send me into like another big story dump i think at that point when we found poseidon that's where we confirmed like oh farzenith has the other sub functions that we don't have but our plan is still to collect the three, mm-hmm. then to be powerful the enough yep. to, to get Hephaestus. So, yeah, I will say there's there's definitely still a few uh, twists and turns in the story um, that you haven't discovered yet. But um, I think overall, like you're kind of at the place where I got to and I thought, okay, I think I'm just going to focus on the main story now. Mm. Um, Like I really, and I kind of like, so I focused on the main story for a little bit and then I definitely went back into side quest land. But um, yeah, I I kind of did the same thing as you. Once I realized that I'd picked up Poseidon and I still had half the map that was behind the fog of war, I'm like, okay, hmm, maybe (laughs) I'm not as far into the story as I thought. And there is still quite a bit to come. So yeah. Overall, I think, uh, I mean, I I really enjoyed it. I think that they stuck the landing. I know not everybody liked the ending, but I mm. thought it was really good. So I'm curious to know what you think. And I know, like, eventually, like I said, we're going to do a, a full-on spoiler cast whenever whenever <laughs> Ryan makes it through. But um, through the main story anyways, because yes. like I said, so I played for 71 hours. Um, I went and checked my my time before coming to do the show. Uh, 71 hours and I'm 78% complete. I have 13 more um, achievements to do. And I think a lot of those have to do with the... Um, like Because I didn't really do hunting grounds or melee pits or the arena. Um, so those are kind of like the... It's this whole other system for like getting gear and stuff that I just didn't pay attention to really. Um, so I'm sure that those are the achievements that I'm missing, but I think there's one until they patch it. I don't think I can hundred percent the game hmm. unless I go and make a totally different, like new save. Did it bug out or I'm, I'm bummed. Yeah, it's bugged. Uh, so there, there's a quest. Um, so you've been through plain song and you've set up your base, right? Yes. Obviously. Yes. Because you've, you've, you're getting sub functions. So, you know, Zoe, yep. um, 
she is from Plain Song, and all of the characters that will eventually, or I guess all the new characters that will eventually join you in your base will have like loyalty side quests to do. Oh. And so Zoe has one, and uh, her side quest is called, I think it's called the second verse. And if you do her side quest, but then go to Plain Song to turn it in and don't go directly to her, it'll bug out and then she's just no longer there and you can never finish the quest. Because oh. I got so I had like three or four things to turn in in Plain Song. So I went to Plain Song, I heard her like voiceover starting, and then I turned in a quest with somebody else, and now she's gone. So I have a quest marker saying like talk to Zoe in Plain Song, but you can you can never do it. So it's a known bug, but until they fix it, because you can see like in my achievement list, it's like all of my companions, and it's like you did this thing for this person. Check. And then there's like hidden achievement. And I'm like, oh, I know that so. So, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty bummed about it, actually. But I mean, on the other side, I'm going to play this game through again. And at least it's like it's pretty early on (laughs) in terms like I could I could kind of beeline my way to it if I really wanted to. Yeah, you you probably could. I, I feel like so. Uh, that's the other thing. They are actively patching this game and and fixing yes, issues. Yeah, and stuff, they, so I think there's been eight patches since release. Yeah, so, so that seems like a bug that they're probably aware of. I know there are yeah. some some progress. And I bugs. thought I saw it in one of the in one of the patch notes. I thought that I saw that it was fixed, but then I went and tried to do it. And I've tried <laughs> almost every day, or at least every time I've logged into Forbidden West. Is I keep like, okay, what if I try like traveling to this fire instead? What if I try like, but I mean, I have so I have so many saves between me and a save where I would have been able to load in because I didn't even realize it was bugged. And so I kept playing and I'm saving at every campfire I run by and like it's auto saving all over the place too. I'm like, there's no way <laughs> that I still have a saved file from before where this would actually work. And even if I did, I wouldn't want to erase hours and hours and hours of progress. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I wouldn't want to do that either. I, I feel like they'll patch it and I, I feel like you'll be able to just walk over there and, and, and grab it. And um, it's likely I know that the developers have been working very closely in the Horizon subreddit. That's where I was kind of looking into some of the issues mm-hmm. I was experiencing. So um and yeah. that, that is one thing I do want to point out because I know uh, I've been uh, just basically like praise, 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 praise in terms of Forbidden West. And I do still think it is better than Horizon Zero Dawn, which is a very high bar to clear. Um, and I do think it was a really fun experience. I think the story was really great. But I mean, it's a it's a really big it's bigger than Zero Dawn, I think. Um I want to say Zero Dawn was like 20 kilometers squared and this is like 28 kilometers squared or something. It's like, I think it's seven kilometers like east to west and then like four kilometers north to south. So so it's pretty big. Um, But anyways, yeah, so it's a big open world. It's bound to have some issues. It's bound to have some bugs. And I found some that have been a little bit frustrating. Obviously not being able to to complete a quest is really frustrating, but like, I've had boss encounters, like you say, that like there's side quests that end with a big machine and then it's like the big machine gets like stuck on something and then I just stand there and just like (laughs) pump it full of arrows and then it dies. And it's and I had one that was actually fighting um, 
I can't remember which one because there's three or four different kinds of of giant birds, but I think it might have been the storm bird, the, whatever the biggest, most giantest bird was. <laughs> um, it was fighting one of those, but it was like at the top of a mountain off the side of a cliff. And the bird was like bugged out so that it was like just too far for me to hit with any of my bows. So I had to like get to a very specific spot and then shoot it with my sh- like sharp shoot way far away bow that I hadn't upgraded very much. And I was doing like, I don't know, something like 50 damage every time. And the health bar would just like, it was this teeny tiny little sliver that would come off with every arrow that I hit. And I used up like all of my resources just crafting these stupid arrows over and over and over again. (laughs) And it must have taken me 15 or 20 minutes to whittle down this stupid bird that was like bugged out. Like it wasn't even stuck in anything that I could see. It was just kind of like, like, floating in midair just like flapping like an idol animation <laughs> but i still had like the super intense you're in a boss battle music and i was like oh man like this sucks <laughs> so there there are some there are some areas that do that do have their bugs it's definitely not a perfect game but no. I, I still think it's it's up there for yeah. probably my favorite of all time <laughs> i'm i'm really enjoying it i'm enjoying it i think i just i I'm much more enjoying the main quest. And I think whenever I just try to like, oh, I got to clear my side quest before I move on. I, I don't think that's the right way to enjoy the game. No, I think, I think yeah. if you're, because I think the final, the final quest is, I want to say something around like around level 30, I think it recommends for the final quest. Um, and I'm not sure if the main quest um, like bosses, if they scale with you or not, I will say, I was level 49 when I went into the final like quest encounter, like the the no the no turning back area, which includes a few boss fights. Um, and it wasn't very difficult. Like I was very clearly like they they were hitting me for like maybe a quarter of my health, which by the time you hit max level, your health is, is it 700 or 800 hit points. I can't remember. It's a lot anyways. So if I had actually gotten there when I was level 30, then they'd be hitting me from like half my health and it would have been really, really difficult encounters. I wouldn't have been doing as much damage. I wouldn't have had all my armor and my weapons upgraded. Like I sailed through those fights. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think that if you um, if you went in at level 30, you'd probably have a really hard time. So there's got to be a sweet spot, probably around like 35 or 40 but yeah, being max level going in there was was too high. I shouldn't have I shouldn't have spent as much time on side quests as I did. Yeah, and I'll ask this question because it'll save a lot of folks a, a Google search. But when you finish the main quest, does it offer you like I don't even need to know details, but does it offer you the ability to jump back into the game either post or pre the final quest? I think Zero Dawn was like, hey, we're putting you back into the open world just before the final encounter. Yeah, so it puts you back into mm-hmm. the game after the final encounter, oh. which does make a difference. So when they say, like, um, tie off any loose ends without spoilers, I'll say, make sure you do everything for your companions before you do the final quest. Okay. It's good to know. That's a good note. I think that's... Uh... I much I know it's more work, 
for the developers and 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 you have to build more story and 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 contextual uh sort of responses and stuff but i really do appreciate when they bring you back into the world post the final encounter mm-hmm. um and again i know it's tougher to do it's so much easier to say like hey we put you back in the world but it's before the final encounter they only have to have like one set of of dialogue they don't have to you know keep into effect like oh we need to address the maybe the final boss is an elephant the literal elephant in the room <laughs> i don't think that's the case uh i know there are giant machine elephants there are giant one. elephants you should have fought one by now yeah i did yeah that was uh that was actually one where i did f- struggle with it and i finally i got it bugged there's like this staging area for the elephant where they're like loading it with with stuff yeah and i think i just kited it back into that area and it got stuck and i'm just like okay great now i can just sh- shoot like keep walking back and forth so like the elephant keeps walking in and out of this like gated area so i kept it's like i kept like oh i'm over here oh i'm over here and uh, the elephant was not having it but um yeah like that's good to know i think that will and it's a good note to do i didn't realize there were like companion specific quests and i think the only Mm -hmm. one i've unlocked is zoe's um yeah she did say like hey if if you have time we could go do some stuff i can't remember what she asked me to do (laughs) Uh, kind of busy you know uh zo zo wants you to go look into the land gods at plain oh, song now right. that you have more functionality with gaia she wants to know if you can fix the land gods i'm gonna guess yes yes that we can. <laughs> because that is what we do we're fixers we, uh, we are fixers yeah yeah so so that's her that's her companion side quest there i believe there are four there's definitely three there might be four but there's definitely three side quests that have the, that are given to you from your specific companions. Yeah. Um, and those those are ones that are impacted by the point of no return. Like essentially, they won't be available after. Um. As a, so, I completed the other than the Zo one. So technically, um, that Zo one is still sitting in my quest log. Um. I completed the other two before I did the final quest. And if I hadn't, I don't know how I would now. Again, without spoilers, um, like things change after the final encounter. So I don't know if it would be possible to do their loyalty quests afterwards. Yeah, because it'd just be too much to address. Yeah, post game. Um, and you'd have to probably significantly change what you're doing. So yeah, that, ma- that makes perfect sense. Um, yeah, like I-, I don't know how long it's going to take me to, to finish. I feel like it is one of those games where um, I will, I will likely mainline the, the main quest while also finding the side quests that sound interesting. Mm-hmm. And there are some interesting ones for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I've, and I've done them. I think I'm just picking on the one where it's just like, yeah, we got, we got stuck in the, in <laughs> whatever could it be? It's a giant machine. It's always a giant machine. <laughs> I'm not even angry at the game or the designers. I'm just kind of like looking at this character and I'm like, you're not help. You're not setting this up to be like a, an epic quest. Like he's not even saying like, Oh, I'll pay you. He's just like, if you could just go, go do that. Cause you know, for the delve, cause that'd be great. And it's like, well, I get <laughs> Well, yeah. So, yeah. so that that specific one was to to reopen a channel between mm. the old world, so the world from Zero Dawn and the Forbidden West, because basically, um, the I think they closed Barren Light after the whole failed attack thing. So, I think that the point that they were saying was, if we can't get that tunnel open again, we can never go home. So, yeah. Yeah, you were helping them to try to get back to 
Osirum. The claim, the claim, that's what it is, the claim. <laughs> it was like an Osirum land. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of these like little areas where they're connecting tunnels that make make the pathways, although with the fast travel system, it's it's you, you don't really it's like, I got to go through this tunnel. No, you you're 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 fast traveling uh for the most part and I I find that yeah, a, a good majority of this game is super cool, it's super fun and I'm getting better at like you know, uh, another great tip that I'll give folks is like, so if you're if you're studying the machines from the long grass and you have time to sort of scan and you can tag certain parts. So for say, for example, like, mm-hmm. you know, I can hit um, the flame canisters and have them explode. I can tag them so they're highlighted. It's not like a crazy color difference, but it's like instead of that orange, it's more like a like a, a purpley. Mm-hmm. Um, but also if you're in combat... And this was a key one for me because I often break stealth sometimes by accident um, <laughs> is if you scan them, if you have enough time to scan them before you die, uh, you can mash the touchpad button, which will open up a screen giving you all the de- all the details about that specific machine, um, mm. where it is weak, how you how you gain that loot. It'll show you all the details that you would get in that um, scanning, but it pauses the game. So for yeah. me, if you're being chased around by whatever these monsters are and you want to know <laughs> what their weakness is, you can't tag the part, but at least you know, I need to shoot this thing what with What to acid. shoot for, yeah. Exactly. So I found that very helpful and helped because I, 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 I'm not very good at staying in stealth. <laughs> Do you actually, like, accidentally hit the stand-up button? <laughs> No, actually, what usually happens is like, oh, I have the ability to hit the R1 button and then I go to hit it. And then Aloy just like, meh, like, instead of stabbing, she just kind of like swings, swings her staff and basically like taps him on the shoulder. Like, hey, like you, you miss the like um, the silent strike pop yes. up or something. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> not the game's uh, fault, but it's uh, not. nothing, nothing. You saw nothing. I'm just grass. This is grass sounds. <laughs> Look at my red hair. It matches the red grass. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only reason you're the so only convincing. person yeah you're the only character in this entire game that 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 can that can hold stealth in the in the red grass in the grass yeah everybody else uh actually everybody else is invisible like as soon as they crouch as long as you're in stealth doesn't matter they could be like oh yeah the, there are sometimes and it's not a bug it's no. just it's funny that like that's basically how it has to work right it's video games because uh, it, it, it's video games yeah but there's like times you'll be on quests with your companions and they're like 20 feet behind you they're like there's a machine in between the two of you you're in stealth and they're not and they just like sneak by the machine and they're just kind of crouch walking <laughs> right in front of the machine and it's just like do 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 I see nothing. What's going on? And then they'll come and snuggle with you in the grass, and you're like, "Nice of you to show up." But also, I'm pretty sure any rational machine or person would know you're here now. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they have no clue, which is hilarious. Yeah, it's not a problem. It it, it it's not even a, a fault. Which of the I game. was I was really worried about. At first, when I had like a companion following me around for whatever quest it was, it was like. If you don't stealth your way through this, these things are going to tear you apart. I can't even remember exactly where it was or who was with me. But, like, I was really where I was like, get your butt in the grass. What are you doing? And I was like, oh, it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't, <laughs> Never mind then. Take your care. time. <laughs> 
Yeah, but it but it is a it is a fantastic game. And again, if you have a, a PS Five, and I've, and a, and again, like you know, we talk about the general narrative of video games and and how if something is either truly great or truly bad, it'll it'll show up, uh, it'll kind of you know pop through our feeds. I feel like this being a cross generation game has not held it back. Like people mm-hmm. have enjoyed it on the PS Five as well as the PS Four. I've heard people say that it's actually really good on the PS4, which is, and I'm assuming probably pros, not not launch PS4s, but um, they seem to have done a good job of, of bridging that gap because I haven't heard a lot of complaints. Yeah. Well, load times aside, which is to be expected because yes, yeah, you're going yeah. from a standard hard drive to uh, like a like a few generations past SSD, like um, I think it's a fourth gen M2 drive or whatever, and it's... Uh, it sounded like I knew what I was saying, but that was just pure luck. Um, <laughs> I was like, wow, Ryan yeah. really knows his hardware. <laughs> no, no I, I feel like that's close. Someone will correct me. I'm, I'm probably missing uh, some some key jargon in there. But uh, I feel like, um, it, you know, you haven't even seen, you know, it pop up in our feeds of like, oh, this is like cyberpunk. Like, this is okay on the pro. This is much better on the, on the you know, at that stage, the next generation of consoles. But man, don't play it on a base console. And I have not mm-hmm. heard that about, about this I haven't one. heard that either, yeah. So it, it is nice to see that. And I feel it really goes a long way to, to kind of look at the tech that they're using, that Sony's using. And maybe, you know, maybe they've got it sorted out. And, and same thing for Microsoft. I feel like, you know, with Halo, that's their real only true... Uh, uh, actually, with Horizon, uh, Forza Horizon as well, those were cross-generation games, and to the point where with Forza, I didn't even know it was cross-generation until someone said, "No, I can play it on my Xbox One." And I'm like, "Oh, okay, wow." So like, it's not a problem. It, it just goes back to say, like, you know, if if they can make these cross-generation experiences and it doesn't hurt either platform, like, why not do it? Because again, like, it's still hard to find these new consoles, and I feel like. Mm-hmm. let's do another year of that like uh I, I still think sony charging you 10 bucks to upgrade like that's this is technically the last one where a free upgrade is going to be present and you'll have to pay the 10 dollars going forward for sony games um that is probably more to do with the fact that they have chosen to to do a 10 dollar premium on all of their current generation you know first party titles but uh that aside i think it's i think it's a good idea for them maybe even looking forward into next year too. Cause like, I don't know if, if by holiday 2022, are they going to have that stock sorted? Yeah. It's so hard to tell because it does. I mean, yeah, it's still very, very hard to get your hands on really either console. So, um, I mean, it's, it's pretty frustrating this far in, but, uh, like this far into a generation, but I think, yeah, everything's been stalled by, Oh, so many reasons. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think overall, um, I'm interested to see what you think once you actually hit the the end, because that was the big question mark for me is is kind of can they stick the landing and, and where do we go from here? And I think both of those were answered in what I think is a really interesting way in a, in a way that I want to like I'm excited for, you know, 2027 sort of thing. Right. <laughs> But yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm and and actually, yeah, I don't know what future content for Horizon is going to look like, um, whether it's going to be because they haven't announced any DLC or anything. Right. So there was Frozen Wilds for Zero Dawn, but that was it. It was just the one piece of DLC. So 
we'll have to see if we're going to get anything for Forbidden West or not. Um, I think there's definite possibilities, but uh, but yeah, we'll have to see what they what they decide to do. Um, but yeah, yeah, I look forward to seeing your thoughts on the end of the game when you get there. So you'll have to let me know. Um, but yeah, that's going to. Oh no, wait, that we still haven't even done news yet. Out no. there. Well, we're still in the first half of the show. Sorry, guys. Uh, if you do enjoy the content we produce, head on over to patreon.com slash thegamersin. We wanted to say a very big thank you to our March patron, Wicked Kitten. Thank you guys so much for supporting us. Uh, we actually do have monthly patrons we're going to be announcing all the way through July because you guys have been so awesome and so supportive. So um, thank you everyone for supporting the gamers in. And again, if you'd like to jump into the Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash the gamers in. We have some stuff planned for you. So, uh, keep your eyes on the Patreon page in the coming weeks. Uh, that brings us to the news section of the show. Um, okay, Ryan, mm-hmm. this makes me so sad, but tell me about perfect dark. So they're, they're just bleeding staff. <laughs> Do yeah. we think that we're going to get a perfect dark? <laughs> well, I think that the to, to kind of skip to the end of the story I, I feel like perfect dark will still launch on xbox series x at some point uh when that will be who knows that game was was not a game that even had a date attached to it it was mostly a concept trailer followed by staff interviews and the reporting we're seeing right now is that um this comes after last year's announcement that crystal dynamics was going to be co-developing alongside mm-hmm. the initiative, which was a brand new studio that Microsoft had set up uh, to tackle Perfect Dark. And basically what's happening is Microsoft's Perfect Dark studio, the initiative, has lost numerous key staff over the past year, um, seen a huge exodus of staff, uh, reportedly due to slow progress in management. So essentially, just they're having a hard time getting this this game off the ground and the video game uh, industry is in, in such flux that, you know, a lot of more remote positions have opened up and there's a mm-hmm. lot of competition. So a lot of these staff are probably looking at other projects where I can go work on something that's probably going to come out in the next couple of years, you know, or or have more of an impact on a project, especially if management is, is causing, you know, issues here. So I have heard that if you are a video game developer, often the thing that gets you in the door is being able to answer the question, what have you shipped? So if you're game, if you're working on a game that isn't really going anywhere, then yeah, that can be uh, detrimental to your career. And if you can get in somewhere else that has something that's going to actually ship in the next year or two, then that's probably better for your resume. Anyways, I mean, some people, maybe they're just, they love the team and they're super into into Perfect Dark and they've decided to stick it out and that's great. But I can understand the career reasons as a game dev for wanting to to maybe find something that's a little bit further along, especially if this one looks like it's stalled. (laughs) Yeah, I think Microsoft as a publisher and console manufacturer and, and and developer of games like has moved past uh this point of like canceling projects because they're not you know they're they're fumbling at the starting line i i think that they look at perfect dark as an opportunity to take this franchise that they really haven't had success with since purchasing rare um from from nintendo or or basically as a second party uh to nintendo they want they want to make this game and they want to make it right so they they started by building a studio 
from the ground up and that takes time like a lot of the time yeah that's not a small thing exactly like a lot of the times when we see these projects start out it's like oh it's um an existing studio uh that's that's going to take on this franchise but microsoft has done this before they 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 built 343 from from the ground up to build the future of halo that took time there was a big gap between um halo 3 and halo 4 there were other halo games in between so it didn't feel like that much of a gap but there is still even a gap between reach and four coming out so and they did it again with gears uh they built the coalition uh from the ground up that took over gears from from epic games and there was a huge gap between three and four so this is just i think it's unfortunate that there are staff leaving and it probably uh, the article will link to the Eurogamer article does kind of speculate that a lot of these departures happened in the summer, which was about a month before they announced that Crystal Dynamics was going to co-develop. But like a lot of the recent statements that are coming out in regards to the story have been very supportive of building the studio, doing it right, working with their co-developers. Um, and it just, it's, it's hard to gather wh- why the folks are leaving the studio but it it seems like it's more to do with slow progress and just how management is is kind of handling the development of uh, of this of this new entry in a a long i i can you say long celebrated franchise there's really only been one great game and i was on the n64 i don't know if you count the xbox one game i don't even know if you played that i mean yeah the the one on 64 was so good and i remember it coming out as like almost like a not not necessarily a follow-up to goldeneye but like it was the one we played after goldeneye yeah (laughs) so yeah that's it and and maybe it's just a rose-colored glasses nostalgia moment for me like looking at perfect dark and being like yes i want to play more perfect dark just because like i mean we had some of those same like sleepover party play perfect dark all night type moments in my childhood that I fondly remember, but I don't know, maybe the game was shit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I think that, uh, well, let's just face it. A lot of N64 games at the time were considered great, but now are are not so much like it, it is just the platform early 3d, that sort of thing. Uh, Mm -hmm. but, but I think most people agree that, the Xbox One Perfect Dark follow up Perfect Dark Zero was was not was not a good game. It was not it was not great. Um, but uh, I, I really it is also kind of weird to like have Perfect Dark be rebooted essentially by a new studio, and like Rare has not really been able to do. do I know they're busy with Sea of Thieves and they've got other mm-hmm. projects, and I don't think I want Rare to go back and build a, a Perfect Dark game. Um, I think that. I'd much prefer they they revisit Banjo Kazooie, but I I I have uh, I have hopes that this game will be will be good. It'll come out. I I feel like it's just one of those scenarios where management is very being very tight in terms of creative control, and that uh, as you said, like it's hard to make it in this industry of building games when you don't have a resume that includes a, a shipped project, mm-hmm. and. Um, that's tough. So I, I totally get it. But I'm I'm hoping this is like, I think the news kind of made it seem like this was like a really terrible thing that was happening. But it but it, it sounds like for the most part, it's just normal early 
building i could be completely wrong but it sounds like it might just be like early days studio type stuff and just the frustrations from from that side of things which i totally understand Mm -hmm. um so hopefully hopefully it we get some some good news soon because it has been about a year and a half since we've seen the game i think it was revealed in late 2020 so yeah hopefully we get something soon yeah and i mean uh, yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I I want to I want to see something, but I I feel like my interest and attention in the game is kind of waning <laughs> the mm. longer it takes for them to kind of give us some more information, but we'll see. I'm I'm sure we'll probably see something uh in the next, I don't know, probably year or so. Uh we also got news this past week that Riot has invested very heavily to the point that they now have two seats on the board of the company, the Paris-based animation company that created Arcane. So this was the League of Legends TV show that was on Netflix um, that we covered. Is that like October? Last year, yeah, last fall. Yeah, late, yeah, last fall. Um, and so they they've heavily invested in the company. We know there's already been uh, season two of Arcane got greenlit, like. I want to say like a week or two after <laughs> Arcane debuted on Netflix. It, it would seem pretty quick. Um, and uh, yeah, so we know that they're going to be working on season two of Arcane, but it seems like we might be, or it would be reasonable to expect some more League of Legends or some more Riot content, uh, animated content. Because I mean, why would you heavily invest in an animation studio if for only one show? Like, even if it's one show that's going to end up with a bunch of seasons, I feel like that's not enough to justify. Unless they're just like, I have a bajillion piles of money. What do I do with them? Which you know, they are riots, so they do have <laughs> they that. do have bajillions of piles of money. But <laughs> it seemed like an an odd investment if they if the only animation project that they were going to work on is Arcane. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at sort of what Riot Games has been doing in the last year in sort of evolving their their offering in the League of Legends universe in terms of video games, um, I played a little bit. It's another game that's on my list from from over the holidays of uh, the, the Riot story game from, uh, uh, I think it's Airspace Studios. It's like a, a turn-based RPG-style game you know, based around, uh, I think her name is fortune and she's not in the arcane, uh, animated series, like where she's from, I think exists in that universe. It's just not explored in the first season. So there are opportunities to have these other animated projects that focus in on different sets of characters that are also beloved and, and building out that universe in that way. And I, and I think that would be really interesting to see like, okay, you know, having an animated show, it's very tough to do that, like expected yearly drop. Um, and same thing with what The Witcher has been doing on the, on Netflix. As soon as that first season went really well, they announced all these like other projects so they could mm-hmm. release yearly Witcher content. And we're going to start seeing that this this year. We've already had season two. You're going to get a I think there's a prequel series that's launching end of this year. And there's been animated shows and stuff. So I do think, yeah, the the animated shows, I think, probably have a faster turnaround than mm-hmm. the IRL stuff. I mean, COVID aside, you've got that's a lot of, you know, locations and actors and shoots and costumes and everything else. And, you know, the, it's a lot 
I would think a lot easier to like not necessarily cheaper or less work, but just a lot easier to to do an animated project than a live action project. Yeah, logistically, maybe maybe I'm totally wrong, but <laughs> I mean, I I feel like you know the the shooting on location. I'm not trying stuff. to like lessen the contribution of animators or anything. Please no. don't take it that way. <laughs> no, I I think uh, the logistics of you know animation it is uh, I think just like shooting on location is really tough, like especially right now with COVID and just traveling. Like if you're doing like a, a show that requires a varied amount of locales and stuff, but you look at what the Mandalorian's doing and they're sort of virtual sets and it's almost indistinguishable from like finding like a proper desert or more of like a, like a Utah style cavern or whatever. So I think that there, there are ways around what are, what the, around the super high budgets <laughs> yeah i think so but i i think really like this follow-up story we need from this is like is riot gonna invest in imagine dragons and have like a new song for every every season <laughs> or every series like that's the real question is are we gonna get more uh more of that more so. collaborations there yeah, yeah possibly possibly maybe. but yeah so i think keep your eyes out to see uh what riot has in store from the animation studio i mean i think we're going to see a lot more series coming out of them, um, whether it's exploring League of Legends characters or something completely different we haven't thought about yet. Who knows? But uh, keep an eye out because, yeah, they've not taken over. Technically, the animation company is still independent, but <laughs> it's a very significant investment, as they have said. So um, and then uh, we have one more piece of news tomorrow. We're going to get the Hogwarts Legacy State of Play. Um, and this this one, I feel like I haven't been following it too closely. I haven't been talking about it too much because J.K. Rowling is kind of a horrible human being. And it's one of those things that like I generally try to separate the art from the artist, which is probably pretty selfish of me <laughs> because her statements don't really impact me directly necessarily. But she's kind of a jerk, like a really big, big, big transphobic, homophobic asshole and so i've kind of been like looking at the hogwarts legacy stuff and i'm like i really love hogwarts i grew up with harry potter like i i want to be excited about this but there's so much controversy around her and i don't want to give her my money so i don't know i'm super torn but they are doing a state of play tomorrow so i don't know yeah. i'm really i'm really torn on this title ryan yeah and i and i do understand that for sure i i think um I think also when you look at when Hogwarts Legacy was announced, there were some stories uh, after that, you know, directly addressing um, J.K. Rowling. And I think it's just, it'll be interesting to see how they address that because I think they have to. I think they have to mm -hmm. in this game. And, and there has been stories uh, of how they might do that, uh, but there has been no like official sort of reveal on that. And I think absolutely uh it is you can't try to walk around it in the sense that jk rowling is going to benefit from this game doing well yeah if it sells a copy i'm sure she gets a cut of some kind because that's that's how they set up these the, i i don't know for sure but i i know for a fact that like she's getting something out of this well i mean she she either you know gets some sort of like kickback for every copy sold mm. or they paid her a gajillion dollars up front for the rights to use Harry Potter in a game. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like oh. she's she's made money one way or the other and I kind of just don't want to give her any. <laughs> no. And that's that is I understand that. I think I I think that is a that is a choice a lot of consumers are going to have to make when this game launches later this year. I, I I feel like I've had to make that choice so much lately, and I'm like, why can't you guys just be decent human beings? I don't understand. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just want to buy and play or read or watch the cool new thing. Like, why do you have to be a bunch of assholes? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I will see We'll see what this reveal like sort of has for the state of play. Like the game is scheduled to come out this year. Um, yeah, they I thought that they had delayed it, but I guess they delayed it to 2022, right? Yes. Because I thought it was supposed to come out last year. It was supposed to come out, I think, end of last year. And then it did get delayed to 2022. I don't think unless I'm thinking unless it was supposed to come out in 2022 uh oh no no yeah so there so there was no specific release date though official word is that it will be released in 2022 i think like there wasn't a release date but they did like eventually say like yeah this is a 2022 game mm. um but but it they're so saying the assumption maybe might have been 2021 but yeah then, yeah okay that's fair yeah so i mean this is one of those things where again they they have to be aware of uh of of what's going on, you know, w- around this franchise and to not address it is going to, it, it's, it's going to make uh, some folks decisions a lot easier because they're going to, well, if they're not going to address it and they're just going to ignore the problem, like I'm not going to be able to buy this. I'm not buying this game. Right. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll see what comes of that. I really do hope that they have uh, a way to do that. And they, and they aren't being, um, they aren't being stopped by just working with it. Like if, sometimes if you work with, a creator's IP, sometimes you're just unable to to make those statements. And I really hope that's not the case here. Uh, I hope that they do have the ability to address it for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, we'll have to see. I'm not sure exactly when the game is actually based, but I don't think it features like Harry Potter proper. No. Um, so, I mean, but it does, I mean, it looks really good. It's, it's at, it's based at Hogwarts. So it has all the trappings of basically Harry Potter story without Harry Potter in it. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. I, it's, it's going to be an RPG. I'm I probably watch the state of play, but uh, yeah, I'm still, I'm still not sure what I'm actually going to do with this title in the end. We'll see. Um, but yeah, so now that's actually it for this week. <laughs> so if you guys want to continue on the conversation, head on over to bit.ly slash TGI discord. You can also visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com or you can follow us on Twitter. You can find me Jocelyn at Joss plays Ryan is at R Murphy and don't forget to follow the show at the gamers in. Thanks for saying the gamers in. Remember tune in next week. Bye everybody. Bye everyone. <laughs>